this is Evan Vandenberg, uh, the Director of Business Development at WAX, Worldwide Asset Exchange, and this is Rekt. Hello and welcome to Wrecked Podcast. I am Bunchu alongside my esteemed colleague and co-host, Crypto Chamber. Chamber, how you doing, buddy? Doing very well today. Uh, speaking to a professional interviewee, I guess, uh, this guy, I, we, weren't, uh, we weren't sure what to expect. We, we have a lot of people on the show and, uh, you know, some people uh, kind of come in like a, like a glove and fit perfectly. And I think that's what we have here today with Evan from Wax. Uh, so I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited. That's a, it makes my job a heck of a lot easier, I'll tell you that much. You know, I make your job a heck of a lot well, easier. Well, yes, you I know. A lot, of, a lot of people make my job a heck of a lot easier. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, we have a very special guest for you today, Evan Vandenberg from uh, the Director of Business Development for Wax.io. Evan, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, guys. Happy to be here. Absolutely. So we are stoked to have you. Um, so just a little background on how we ended up, uh, you know, setting this interview up. We'll get to all the details in a moment. But um, I personally am a huge um, sports card collector, and I'm very into collectibles of all kinds. And um, you guys announced a partnership with Tops the other day to start putting blockchain or uh, collectibles cards, all that kind of stuff on uh, the blockchain with Tops. So I immediately was made aware of that because people know that I'm into that stuff, and uh, they I was like, all right, let's get somebody on. So um, I, I got to tell you, I. Panini, who's another big card company, uh, did something similar with blockchain and uh, their cards. And we were trying to get somebody on from to talk to us from there, and nobody would come talk to us. So you're already ahead of the game. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I saw the Panini thing come out. You know, it was funny. It was kind of... Uh it was serendipitous just in terms of the timing because we were like, you know, very, very deep in discussions and planning with, with tops and Panini kind of went off and launched this thing on Ethereum, which, um, you know, was interesting. I think it actually kind of helped, you know, light a fire and get everybody, you know, Hey, we need to get going on this. You know, people are stepping in. Yeah, absolutely. So that's pretty cool. But before we get into all of that, let's get a little background on you. So um, where, you know, how did you get yourself into, um, you know, crypto and wax? And how did you become, you know, what's your background? How did you become the business development uh, director over at wax? Yeah, guys, I've, I mean, I've, I've worn a lot of hats. So my background, I mean, educationally was engineering, um, studied bioresource engineering over at uh, Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo, um, worked for Intel for a few years in kind of more commercial capacities doing partnership management, a little bit of engineering stuff as well. Um, and then started uh, kind of moonlighting as a developer uh, for mobile apps. So I just had a few ideas that I wanted to build. I uh, tried to go down the route of asking other people to help me build it, realized that wasn't going to work. Um, so taught myself how to code, um, ended up finding a really, really solid uh, business partner. And him and I spent like two and a half years uh, kind of building our own apps, helping other people build theirs, um, which took me to, you know, ultimately we had to actually pay our bills and we were living in San Francisco. So uh, we had to kind of shut that down and turn into a consulting uh, business at one point. And then I hated consulting um, in that particular way. It's just, it's not fun. Uh, at least for me, I like to see things grow. I like to really be personally invested in stuff. Um, so it was just, I didn't like to just kind of you know, build and, and let and let go. Um, so I ended up uh, running product over at a company called Upsite. Um, mobile analytics, uh, ad mediation, did all the mobile analytics for Pokemon Go's launch, which was a pretty oh, wild cool. and, and exciting time. Um, and then, yeah, what... What, you know, what kind of got me back into the crypto space was really Ethereum coming out. 
Um, so right when Ethereum was in its very like very early days, one of the developers who was working with me at Upside, I'll throw him a shout out, uh, Dennis Chan, uh, he kind of introduced me to Ethereum, both from an investment and you know, speculative point of view, but then also we started getting into actually building dApps and deploying them to mainnet. And so him and I started working on some, you know, more, more just to like learn about it projects. And I think that kind of opened up the, the floodgates for me and, you know, the timing couldn't have been better. This was probably like April of 2017. And by the time we were deep in it, it was getting towards that epic bull run we had. Um, and so during that time period, I knew I wanted to make a switch into blockchain, uh, started uh, pinging William Quigley, our CEO, uh, on emails like, you know, once a week for about six months until he finally agreed to grab coffee. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, the rest is kind of history, you know, I got a job offer after that and kind of have been here and moved my way up a little bit. And yeah, that's pretty cool. So uh, what specifically about, you know, wax and um, really kind of got you going that, that that's what you wanted to pursue? Yeah, so I think it's twofold. Um, I think when I was looking at, you know, different projects in the space, one, I obviously wanted to find a project that I thought had some legs, um, and a team that actually had, you know, some success, uh, wasn't just kind of, you know, a couple of guys who got into blockchain, wanted to throw an ICO together and, and, and run for the hills. Um, the other thing was just kind of like where I knew I could bring value. Uh, we had been in the gaming space, primarily mobile games um, in my, my last job and, uh, you know, had some decent connections there, was doing a lot of the kind of sales engineering and then ultimately sales there at that company. And so it built some, you know, strong networks in the gaming space. And uh, it was kind of a combination of, there's a handful of companies I wanted to work for, and then where could I provide value? And, you know, looking at William and, and some of the other founders of this company and kind of what they had done, I mean, it was pretty easy decision to, to head this way. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. So, um, with, so tell us a little bit about what Wax does. Um, I'd, I'd heard of it prior, um, but I... I always associated it with gaming um, for whatever reason, and I, I never, I guess, really took a, a closer look. So, so talk to us about what Wax is, what they do, and and how everything works over there. Yeah, so I, I totally understand the um, the kind of uh, inclination to like kind of associate with gaming. That's certainly the way you know. It's it's a bit about it's a bit the of the way we position ourselves. Um, it's also just kind of where we've you know where our past has. Uh, you know, has led us. Uh, we ran opskins.com uh, for many, many years, uh, the same founding team. And that was the world's largest peer-to-peer -peer network uh, for digital game items. So that was like Counter-Strike skins, uh, Dota 2, all of that. And that was a massively successful business. Um, so we learned a lot from that. Obviously, we have, you know, good connections in that space. But realistically, what Wax is, is really, it's just the most, uh, I look at it as the most convenient, easy, and user-friendly way to transact digital goods. Um, primarily nfts but i think you know we've, we've done stuff with with real life items that are tokenized um and i think you know we're exploring other avenues outside of strictly gaming so there's that um if you want to get into a bit more of the technology side um you know we we have leveraged uh, eosio uh as a you know the technology of choice for our uh for our ecosystem we run a delegated proof of stake chain um very similar um in many respects to the way eos mainnet is run um i believe with significant improvements in terms of governance and uh kind of the way we operate um but you know we can get into those details if you want i i think you'd blow chamber's mind with the <laughs> <side of> it. <laughs> Fair point. what do you think chamber <laughs> uh yeah i think it would blow my mind uh literally and figuratively but uh no i'm more uh, i'm i'm interested uh, like so is is wax on its own segregated blockchain or is it on the eos blockchain or, or, no, abs absolutely its own chain. So it's its own private, or sorry, not private, public chain. Um, we just happened to, like, you know, we were evaluating the space and we knew we wanted to build a chain. Um, we were evaluating different consensus mechanisms and things that would give us, you know, the fundamental technological infrastructure that we needed to actually process the businesses that we wanted to, to build. Mm -hmm. um, and so DPoS is realistically the only thing that existed that, that could even come close to what we needed. Um, you know, there's a, a long story that we go into later about, you know, we tried to do one one type of asset on Ethereum with Opskins, like doing the trading volume that we were doing. And it was like an outrageous, like seven figure type fees in one day. Uh, wow. So we knew that was a, <laughs> the proof of work, you know, in, 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 in many ways is, is, you know, has been very well proven out and Ethereum and, you know, Bitcoin are clearly the, the two largest players in the space. But 
for doing real transaction volume and for a lot of the use cases we needed to find something that had higher throughput um, was much more efficient and timely um, and so DPoS is really the answer there yeah that's interesting so um it, you mentioned that it's kind of a, a the worldwide asset exchange right so you can you can kind of do a little bit of everything on here so i'm looking you know at the uh wax.io website so it talks about um you know a global community of collectors, traders, buyers, sellers, creators, gamers, merchants, DAP creators, and game development uh, game developers. It also talks about being able to buy and sell gift cards on there as well. Can you talk about a little bit about that? Um, uh, that's something uh, that's new to me. Yeah. So, I mean, I will say one thing: the front page, homepage is definitely in a uh, overhaul state. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so. I mean, do you want? To, I mean, it sounds like you're focused on the gift card portion. I can kind of tell you where that that whole thing started. Yeah, that um, one just kind of stuck out to me because I had never really heard of of uh, you know a use for use case for that. So yeah, so it was it was realistic. We had this product called Virals that we launched, uh, I think, December of 2018, um, and this was on our beta chain. And what Virals was was virtual in real life items. So you know, clever little VIRL. Um, and uh, what it was, was we were tokenizing, so we actually had warehouses, very secure warehouses with things like rare collectible Jordans and uh, kind of a plethora of different uh, physical items that were tethered uh, quite literally to a token-based, a wax-based NFT. So what that allowed is kind of this ability to almost trade physical items, collectible items like stocks. So you could do that. You could show them off to your friends. We were working on some different AR projects uh, with some different people in terms of being able to actually kind of showcase your, your collectibles, uh, your digital collectibles in an AR uh, realm, um, so to speak. So long story short is credit cards actually just kind of fell into our laps or not credit cards, sorry, uh, gift cards. Um, gift cards is a wild business. I don't know how much you guys time you guys have spent looking into that, but what a great thing for I mean, not for consumers, to be fair, but for, for businesses, I mean, the amount of breakage they get on that were like unused dollars, right? I mean, somebody goes and basically hands you $200 in, in, you know, hopefully gives that card to somebody else. But like, no matter what, there's always like some amount of money left on those cards, almost always, right? It's so funny. And, it's so funny you say that. I literally, uh, my, my daughter uh, just came back from the store with my wife uh, this afternoon uh, she comes downstairs in my office with a Ro, uh, Roblox uh, gift card oh, nice. to load up her, you know, her Roblox on her, her, you know, dollars on her on her iPad. And, I, you know, I plug it in and I notice, I didn't even realize that, you know, we, we've gotten her a couple in the past, but there's, I think there's, you know, f uh, f you know, five or six dollars left that were, was unused and, you know, we bought some more. So it's it's kind of tricky. You, you get the dollars that goes onto the site and then you convert those dollars to these these you know these robux and m many dollars you're 100 percent correct get you know don't get used whatsoever uh and they're just kind of lost in the abyss it's, yeah uh, it's, it's crazy mean, think about how wild that is though for the actual business that sells that card right you just got like 20 bucks for doing nothing you know right. <laughs> um so in any case uh Part of the reason, and that's really not why we got into that space. That was just more of when I started doing market analysis on that that sector. I was just like blown away by like how big that business was. Um, but we got into it because payments are extremely hard to get in digital item space. So obviously, when you do things on a exchange, right, you have to do all this KYC. I mean, you know, scan your passport, take pictures of you next to a current newspaper. I mean, I've been asked to do all sorts <laughs> of things, right? And so getting payment mechanisms that allowed people to buy digital goods uh, was really helpful. Um, and then it's almost like also kind of acts as a stable coin in some respects, if you use credit card or gift cards the right way. Um, so I, it was more of a, we just, it was more of a test than anything else. And just kind of a way to, to see if people wanted that. And, uh, you know, ultimately I think we learned some interesting stuff, uh, but we decided to really just kind of focus on our, our blockchain uh, infrastructure and really kind of building out that side of our business. And so, you know, we stepped away from that whole Opskin side of things. That's interesting. So how, the, um, you know, the in real life collectibles piece, how, is that is that something you guys still do? So we paused it and I would love, and I mean love to see somebody pick that up. I mean, we've, uh, we definitely have, um, you know, thought about investing it, it basically what, what it came down to was 
we only have so many resources and, and people and time, right? And I think that particular industry needs a full-time company running it, like to sure. do virals correctly. I think we would love to get back into it um, and, and or fund other projects who are interested in doing that themselves uh, on the Wax blockchain. I think it's such a cool concept. Um, you know, even with like tops trading cards, you know, how cool would it, like, I think you could do like a whole warehouse of physical tops cards and then make tokens for them. And you could actually have like a whole new asset class, which, you know, probably don't need to go into on this call, but <laughs> I do really think that there's a huge market coming in that kind of vertless, this kind of virtual in real life space. Uh, and I think it's coming quickly. Yeah. I mean, this is, that is something specifically that. I have always had, uh, you know, a real interest in because, and I, I think, I think you're right. I think it is coming quickly. And, um, you know, specifically, the more and more I'm getting into, you know, like the, the sports card uh, collectibles space, I can see it happening with something like that, right? Where you have a vault and, and not only just from the tokenized, uh, tokenization from, but there's also the authenticity piece of it. There's, 100%. The tr there's the tracking piece of it where, you know, now I can see every transaction that's ever happened. So, you know, say you're at a, say you're even at a physical show, right? And you're, uh, you can just now scan a barcode or something and it can show you the life of that entire token, right? So, um, what somebody paid for it. So, you know, you could be doing price comparison on it and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's uh, a huge opportunity. I think it definitely will come. Is that kind of the same kind of feeling that, you know, you guys had over there? Yeah, I think you just did an incredibly good, good job of explaining, you know, why, you know, the value of it. I think you hit almost all the key points. I just think that ultimately it's a fundamentally better way to invest in those assets than physically collecting them, right? Like there's like, other than being able to showcase them, right? If we take that aside, which is totally a valid use case for them and something a lot of people want to do. But if we, if you're looking at it from a speculative and investment standpoint, how is, how could you possibly argue with it? Right? I mean, sure. now all of a sudden you've got instant liquidity. I mean, one of the big things, problems with the, with that market in general is most people are trading these things in persons at conventions or they're finding people in Facebook groups or eBay, or right? There's so eBay many where there's fraud uh, and everything. eBay's fees and fraud and all that kind of stuff. Right. <laughs> well, I think the, right, uh, right. like the authentication as well. Like I, I bought, um, during the holidays, one of my colleagues, I, I, I purchased a like an autographed, um, picture. I don't know. You guys know Don Cherry, yeah, uh, the, yeah. <laughs> the hockey coach. So I got an autographed yeah, yeah. picture of Don Cherry for this guy for his cool. office, and I have no idea whether the you know I got it from a you know quote unquote reputable collector, uh, but I have no idea if this signature is authentic or not. Uh, you know, it looks okay. I mean, it's written in you know it's written in marker, uh, but I mean besides <laughs> that. Uh, like that's really all I could do. I just you know took took his word on it. But I think you know blockchain and you know what you guys are doing could probably help with authentication as well. I'm assuming to a pretty pretty big extent. Yeah, and we actually uh, you know two things. One, I'm going to send you guys an article after this. It's actually something called I think it was the Tops 500 compared to the S&P 500, just as a investment vehicle over the last like 60 years. And it's outperformed the S&P 500, I think, by 11% year over year since that time period. Really? Um, yeah, it's a cra you know, Gary Vaynerchuk and some of those guys are really oh, jumping yeah. into that space and they're really promoting it. Gary um, V's spending like millions of dollars buying up cards. It's insane. <laughs> yeah, I need to talk to that man. I, it would be great to connect with him on, on you know, kind of the intersection of cards and, and uh, blockchain. But uh, yes, to get to your other point about authenticity and, you know, providence, right? I mean, I think those are huge, right? With this Topps deal, like if we, you know, with these GPK cards, for instance, like, you know, Topps is the Genesis block. There's no possible way that anybody else, you know, with the, the originator of that content. Um, and now you can see like all of these different people who've owned it, um, you know, within Topps, they have their own kind of celebrities and influencers, certainly in the sports world um, that could, you know, do giveaways with them as well, right? give them out to fans and like, you know, that Ken Griffey had those cards or, you know, whatever relevant baseball player, you know, I was about to say Altuve, but that's a horrible reference at this point in time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think you guys get what I'm saying, where it's like Providence, there's, you know, the pricing factor where you can actually see the true amount of dollars that were spent on every single purchase and when, by who, I mean, there's, there's all sorts of great things there.
Yeah, this is uh, something that I've actually been looking into for a really long time. So I, it's something that's super exciting to me. And then, you know, like I said, the more and more you get into the, the sports card side of it, I think you're totally right where, um, you know, you get you thinking about, okay, well, when you actually physically hold these cards, are you showcasing them? Yeah, maybe. Um, but, you know, if they're not out, if they're just in your office, you know, for you to look at, really kind of that's it right but if you think about the more and more people that are coming into that space from like an investment standpoint or a you know a flipping speculative standpoint you're seeing like there's now consignment houses like uh that'll post stuff for you on ebay and they will hold your stuff in like a vault almost right and so you keep your stuff there and it's they you buy it and sell it and flip it and trade it all through them and then if you ever needed it you you know they'll send it to you but I can see the same thing happening with, you know, a tokenized version of these, of these cards. So it's super interesting, but I yeah, guess, I mean, yeah. go ahead. No, I was saying we, we, we literally saw that exact behavior with the virals last year. I mean, there were hundreds of millions of dollars worth of actual trades just on these, like we'll call it handful of products. So they were trading, you know, on average before they ever got redeemed. Right. I mean, the items that did get redeemed were getting redeemed after like 13, I think it was like 12 or 13 trades. So if you collect 5% fees on that, like you can see where like this becomes an incredibly healthy business. I mean, and you could obviously lower fees with volume and, and other things, man. Uh, you know, just having this conversation like makes me want to, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> go pitch William on this again and, and go start yeah. this. Um, but anyway, I'll send you my resume. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to talk later. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah, but so, okay. So then let's, I think that's a pretty good segue to go into kind of the the tops partnership which is what you know um was super interesting because like i said you we're we're sitting here and we're talking about you know real world applications for what blockchain can do right so um and you see it with you know obviously panini just did their thing as well and now you guys and tops are are doing it as well these are huge companies right like i mean giant giant companies that are uh seeing the value in blockchain so how did the whole tops um you know partnership come about yeah yeah so it's actually a it's it's a longer story than probably meets the eye. Uh, this has been going on since I think quite literally the week after I started um, working wow. here. And you know, it's not. And truthfully, I'm not trying to like give anybody a hard time on it taking too long. Like there really was a lot of fundamental problems, man. Imagine if you are an IP owner and you own really valuable IP, and that's how you make your livelihood. And then you you see this thing like called blockchain, and it and it seems really interesting for what you're doing, but there's some things with blockchain that are really, really antithetical to the way that IP, you know, rights management has been done so far, right? If you're licensed something for two years, like blockchain is a kind of a tough sell because it's immutable. Now these people have these things in perpetuity. Like there is, yeah. there is this immutable, you know, ability there. And so there was a ton of discussions back and forth from both the legal perspective, from the licensor perspective, the licensee perspective, and really trying to kind of you know, this, this isn't just a deal with, with tops, right? I think that what we did with tops is we, we created a, like a legal framework mm -hmm. and a technical framework, um, that we're going to be introducing with their, you know, upcoming GPK cards that I think is really going to bring a lot more people into the space, or at least make it palpable, you know, palatable for, for some of these bigger companies. Um, you know, part of that is, you know, if they are going to give up their valuable IP, getting a piece of the secondary market, not a big piece, nothing too crazy. But, you know, if you're originating this content and you own it and you're paying for it, getting, you know, a, sl a small piece of that every time it transacts for fiat or for crypto, um, I think is was a necessary, you know, uh, avenue that we had to explore and, and building NFT standards and trading infrastructures that enable that and, and secure that. Uh, took some time, so yeah, I think that's you know, a really interesting point too. Because I mean, right now they don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, so, it's the wild, wild west now. I mean, once it, you throw that shit out there, it's it's out there, right? And and now, and the like, thing is knows? with cards now, like if you're so, for example, say we're just talking about you know 
Bowman baseball cards. They only make so many, right? And so even once all of them are bought from Tops, that's it. Tops makes no more money off of them, right? So, and guess who makes all the money? The Gary V's or someone like me who pulls a card from a, a pack and goes and resells it for twice as much as I bought it for, right? So, and now right. Tops is sitting there holding the bag. <laughs> so I, I get the fact that, you know, you'd want to explore avenues for that if you're if you're a company like tops right yeah exactly and i think for a long time right they've been they've been excluded from the secondary market in you know nearly all respects um most of the value extracted from these cards isn't the initial purchase right you buy a pack for five ten bucks uh that card could be worth a hundred thousand dollars in 20 years right and Mm -hmm. you know they've they've had no piece of that historically and you know, I, they've been really reasonable about percentages and like, you know, not trying to interrupt that, that business for, for, uh, you know, too much, but, you know, as opposed to like, a a small NFT exchange operator taking all of that benefit, like it gives them some, you know, some skin in the game and hopefully keeps them promoting it and bringing in new content. And like, you know, there's lots of factors that, that, that come to, into this, uh, you know, into this play. Yeah, for sure. So, um, now how will, the actual how will it actually work how does the whole platform work how does how do people you know buy sell trade these things what does that look like yeah so i actually just did a product review this morning um i like without giving away too much um you know the platform itself it's going to be a fully full-fledged app i mean one of the i mean it'll be the best one of the best apps out there period if not the best um you'll have a ecosystem for being able to buy these with credit card or fiat um, you know, to get the initial cards in the market, there will be, you know, secondary marketplaces to go sell them. There will also be a really cool, unique trading structure and kind of community element to it as well. So it's not like we're just like getting their IP and printing cards and throwing them into the, like the, you know, into the ecosphere. Like this is a very like thought through kind of project. And I think, you know, the launch will be really, really fun and exciting. Chamber, what do you think of all this? Well, I was, I was going to say... Now you'd said uh, obviously um, the initial conversations with this started, you know, shortly after uh, you had started with with Wax. Did yeah. the, did the market um, obviously, you know, the the market suffered shortly thereafter, you know, in twenty eighteen to twenty nineteen, yeah. you know, it started to pull, it's starting to come back around now. Did that have an effect on? Like what Tops was kind of seeing? Did they, did they have a little bit of uh, hesitation going into like 2018, 2019? Did that slow it down, or was it just getting you know every you know crossing your t's, dotting your i's, getting everything across the finish line? You know, um, I, you know, it's kind of hard for me to answer. I, I, to be fair, you know, my kind of a my point of contact, my counterpart over there who runs digital at Tops. You know, I think Tobin's been really keen on this for a long time. Like, I think he's been a very forward thinking person in the space. Um, so I really genuinely in my heart of hearts, don't believe that that's what slowed it down. Um, at least for him, I, you know, I don't think that they follow the crypto markets incredibly closely either. Right. Um, you know, generally they know it probably wasn't going as well as it had been in 2017, but they're, it, you know, they've got a huge business they're running that has nothing to do with crypto. Right. Exactly. Um, but, uh, I, I don't know. I, I'd have to ask. Uh, but my hunch is like, they really, Digital's clearly the way to grow, you mm-hmm. know, with the mm-hmm. younger demographic and blockchain just really fits this use case. Like we're not trying to cram this technology into somewhere it doesn't fit in well, this case. Uh, yeah, and I also feel, I mean, Bunchu, I mean, this is this is his wheelhouse. But just because as an outsider, like when I was a kid, obviously I collected, uh, you know, baseball cards and hockey cards here growing up in Canada. Um, yep. But I, I don't know what the overall market was, say, you know, say five, 10 years ago. Uh, was it as, you know, and does it go through peaks and valleys of, of popularity? And when you incorporate the blockchain side of things, I mean, like you said, it, it's just this whole new, it could be a whole new era for these types of, of, of collectibles. I don't know how popular collectibles were five, 10 years ago. Um, yeah. You know, maybe Bunchu could answer that one a little bit better than I could. But. Well, like when we were kids, when we were kids, Chamber, and you had all your hockey cards and all your baseball cards or whatever, that that's kind of known as the junk era of cards okay so and the reason being so when i just said you know once top sells out all their 
all their That's it. sets, right? Because what they used to do back in the 80s and early 90s is they would just print more and print more and print more. And then what happened was all these people would buy them up mm-hmm. and think they were going to appreciate in value. And really, the card companies were just diluting the market. Just being so, the Federal Reserve about it is basically what they're right, doing. Right, <laughs> pretty much. So uh, so now and now they they try really hard not to do that anymore. And because obviously what makes a collectible worth something is scarcity, right? right? And exactly. and so the you know that's kind of I think uh, the point earlier about the secondary market piece when, and why it would be interesting to someone like a uh, collectible manufacturer or someone like that. You know what I mean? Because right now that is an avenue f- of them to grow without polluting the market with more product. Yeah. Like you know a, what I mean? in my opinion, it could just be like exactly. obviously a whole new Renaissance for collectibles. Like you, like uh, Evan, you had mentioned bringing in a, new ge- new, a younger generation. That's maybe a bit more tech savvy, but maybe a bit more into blockchain. I just see so many possibilities as somebody that's, you know, used to be into it as an adult kind of, you know, didn't really have an eye on that community. But I mean, it just, it, it just seems like a no brainer um, when it comes to collectibles. It just, it just seems like uh, it would do extremely well. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm, I know I'm excited for it. I know Bunch has been excited for this for a very long time. So it's, uh, it's exciting to talk to somebody that has a little bit more uh, in depth analysis on, on what's actually happening. So it's, uh, it's good. What I think is cool too, and I don't know if you've, uh, Evan, talked to Tops about this. I mean, they've kind of been looking at the digital piece for a long time before the blockchain, you know, really Absolutely. became because they have uh, that whole, you know, with their baseball thing, they have the app, the the bunt app, and all that, where yep. essentially it's it's kind of digital versions of these co- of of cards. Now they're just not really, uh, you know, not exactly the same but they've been doing stuff like that without blockchain for for a while right yeah and i've been quite successful doing it um mm-hmm. you know i mean i think you know i was reading articles before we jumped into this uh you know a long time ago and yeah bunt was one of the better performing i mean at least from a revenue perspective uh apps in the entire app store you know at points so there is certainly an appetite for the digital cards guys like that like that was something that we looked into deeply before you know investing the resources time all that like People are willing to are, are interested in doing things with digital cards and digital collectibles. I think we've found the right use case for it, like the the right technology. Um, and then if you guys have used our Wax Cloud Wallet, I think it's a really really good segue for people to get introduced to blockchain, where you can just sign in with your social accounts or email and password, and we spin up a wallet for you. It's a very clean interface. You don't have to deal with MetaMask or going to buy crypto. Like you could in theory just buy these cards with cat with your credit card. And then you know have a whole portfolio of cards in your uh, in your wax wallet, and you can trade those freely. Um, and it's interesting, yeah. So I think it's really like that was a, a key piece that we had to get there because you know a lot of collectors aren't familiar with that, and, and it would be such a hard sell and be really hard to get any sort of mainstream adoption of you know somebody having to go to MetaMask, right? Let's just be fair. I think current wallet solutions as a whole are, are really cumbersome and and have been one of the bigger deterrents for this technology making more progress into the consumer space. Yeah, I would agree on that. <laughs> I mean, especially with thinking about, you know, who's buying cards now, it's usually in person in cash at a card show or on eBay or, you know, with PayPal or something like that. So the interface has to be that easy for it to catch on. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, man, I, I went to this, uh, it's like one of the larger collector conventions in Long Beach last year. And it was like, it was so mind blowing. I, you know, I just like basically went, I just got in the car, went down there and just wanted to see like how collectors were collecting and like what, like trying to just talk to as many people as I could for two days and figure out like what were the ways they were doing things. And I was just like, came back so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> not to be cheesy, but like invigorated and enthused about it. I was just like, wow, this is ridiculous that this is still being done this way. You know, coin yeah. stamps. These are multi-billion dollar a year annual trading value markets. And these people are literally flying in from all over the world to come to collect, you know, conventions like this. I think partially it's the social aspect and they like to talk to people of like-minded ideas. And I don't want to remove that entirely. I still like that. Um, but giving them a, a much better medium of exchange, I think, is is certainly going to ultimately take over. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, cool. Chamber, what else you got? 
Uh, as far as question goes, I think I mean I, the the enthusiasm as is is at a peak in in my opinion. I think uh, I think this is fantastic. Do we, I'm going to get you into cards I, I, <laughs> slowly but surely, man. Slowly but surely, I think I think this is going to be the route, the tops wax, uh, uh, you know, partnership. I think uh, I think the ease of use. Uh, I like. I also like the idea of. I remember when I was a kid. And you know, you know, collect the whole set kind of thing, where you would get, you know, the um, I think I I think I got the I want to say the ninety two ninety three. You guys, I don't know if if, if scorecards were big. Uh, Maybe no, maybe it was oh, yeah. maybe it was pro set. It was hockey. I was big into hockey cards, and pro set was the big one. I think at the time, ninety two, ninety three. I want to say, and I collected the entire set, like the the entire, and it was great. But I mean, I think with on the digital side, getting like bonus or like getting prizes, you know what I mean, for collecting entire sets of something, I think could be Absolutely. easily manageable on uh, on on kind of using this route. You know what I mean? I wonder 100%. if you could like. I wonder if you could stake your card. Ooh, Dude, there's so many things you could do. I mean, we could <laughs> we could go on for days. I mean, there's microfinancing and things you could do using cards as collateral. Um, you know, the lots of different things with like on-chain oracles with scores and stats and things like you guys are talking about. Also, exactly, completing sets and getting bonus things. I mean, or even in the case of somebody who wants to, you know, you could actually get a physical card sent to you if you collect all the digital ones or whatever. There's, right. Right. We've, we've spitballed about this in every time I have this conversation, like other people bring in new ideas. So this is one of those spaces where I want, I just am, I'm really excited to see what other people come up with, you know? Yeah. Super interesting. Um, well that, I, I think Panini, when they did it, they had, so all the ones that they released, they released them in like a, um, you know, in waves, I think they did a hundred and they would release them at, at 10 at a time. And it started kind of like Dutch auction style where mm-hmm. every couple minutes the price would go down until, uh, until somebody bought them, right? And then that's what they go for. But each card that they released was a, a unique one-of-one one card, right? So there was not more than one. And, uh, I mean, they were going for, like, thousands of dollars. <laughs> and yeah. they went for – and then they would send you – so you would get the blockchain piece, so you would get the digital card with the, you know, its tokenized version – um, and then they actually sent you a physical version of that card as well. So you were the only one that had it. Uh, I think the, the interest the, the scary thing to me would be, okay, well, what if I sold the, I could technically sell them separately. Right. And, and that would be interesting. I'm not really sure how that would work, but, um, but you know, it's, I think, the demand is there. People were paying thousands of dollars for these things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, I mean, I don't know a ton about exactly everything about what they were doing. I don't, I didn't realize that they would actually send you a physical one. That's interesting. They did. Um, yeah. They sent and you it's a actually physical signed. one of one. Yeah, it was. That is neat. Yeah, yeah. So their physical so. one of one was signed and sent to you. And then you obviously got your uh, digital one as well. Um, the digital one, and they were all like, I think most of them were like patches, like patch cards and relic cards where, you know, it had like game used or worn material in it. So, um, which is interesting because that's easy to do on a, uh, on a digital card. You can get like the perfect piece, um, on the physical cards. I'm, I'm interested to see how they actually came out. I didn't buy any because I didn't have thousands of dollars. to spend. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the prices (laughs) right now and it's like $47,000, the entry point for some of these. I, I'm I'm not sure if that's the is that is that the auctions that are going on now yeah. or is that so yeah what they'll do is if, I think every five minutes the price goes down and where when I was looking at like the ones that sold they were getting down to like twenty five hundred anywhere from like fifteen to twenty five hundred three thousand bucks for some of them I think the freaking yeah. the Zion one sold for a ridiculous amount of money I mean I'm looking it, at one fifteen yeah Zion Williamson fifteen thousand six hundred $173. So right? <laughs> you're going to want to hang on to that one. Maybe. No kidding. <laughs> it's it's pretty nuts, but I do love uh, Zion though. Yeah, he I mean his stuff is going insane. So um anyway, cool. Yeah, I think uh you know, is there anything else that you want to tell us about um you know, the project specifically, Wax itself, um anything that you don't think we covered that you wanted to? You know, I mean, I think we covered a lot. I think, you know, uh, we kind of 
we bounce a bit around a bit, but I think, you know, we, we kind of talked about this digital collectible space. I think, you know, in terms of what's to come, I mean, there's just, we're working on a lot of different things. I think this has opened up a ton of doors, um, especially with people that we were already in conversations with and kind of getting those to the next level. Um, so I'm really excited in terms of bringing on new partners over the next, you know, few months here. Um, and, uh, yeah. Oh, oh, and, uh, other thing is next week we are launching a work proposal system. So maybe, you know, you guys and I can put together a proposal, uh, for this, uh, digital trading card vault idea. Yes. Um, but basically <laughs> it's a, uh, let's call it a DAO, uh, operating as a venture capital fund purely with the goal of expanding the wax network. I think there's something like three or $4 million worth of tokens in there to fund different projects on the platform. So, you know, excited to get that out there. Um, You know, we've got a lot of really good devs and I think, you know, it's about time that they, you know, got supported financially uh, in terms of their contributions and, and really just kind of light a little bit of a fire under people to, to bring new ideas to the table. That's really cool. Awesome. All right. So, uh, Chamber, shall we go into some rapid fire? We should. All right. I'm going to let you start it off here. All right. Oh, man. So, I feel like I've talked the whole time. Yeah. Well, I, I want it. Normally, I really get in there and take over a lot of these conversations, but I knew this was your wheelhouse. I wanted to make sure you uh, asked all the appropriate questions. Um, so, yeah, so with uh, with Rec Rapid Fire, Evan, uh, what we like to do is just uh, to get to know our guests a little bit better. Obviously, uh, the the project, all these new things are terrific, but uh, sometimes our listeners want to, you know, want to know the man behind the job. You know what I mean? So uh, we'll start with a couple of uh, a couple of softball questions. Maybe we'll get into some some harder ones here. Um, I'm going to start it off with uh, I'll give you an easy one. What is your favorite movie? Oh God, that is such a hard one. I know it's a hard one. <laughs> I always say it's easy, um, but it's extremely difficult. Yeah, you know, I, I God, I, I, I okay, just got how about this? How about this? Question. Let's 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 do another question. How about how about I, I want to make it easier for that. you? I'm gonna make. I watch a lot of movies, so I completely right. understand where you're coming from. What is the best movie you've seen in the last six months? Oh, that makes it. A, I think I feel that makes it a little easier. Man, that is a really good question too. I'm just trying to think. Last six months, I'm killing you here. I know that's okay. Uh, I give you TV shows. Sure, we uh, go whatever's easiest. Um, yeah, I mean series. I would just say uh, this isn't even recent, but I watched it. Uh, was True Detective season one? Ooh, that shit yes. was awesome. That's I mean, nice. that was like legendary to me. One of the best seasons of television ever made. Uh, season two, terrible. Season three. Uh, better but not quite season one certainly a lot better than season two though anyways i don't think i ever watched season three because i hated season two so much. see everybody I, I everybody yeah, was shitting was a joke. everybody was shitting on season two i watched it kind of knowing that everybody was shitting on it i didn't think it was awful awful like it was it was obviously it was nowhere close well to season you one. had the hindsight of knowing yeah exactly if like, you go we in we were all watching it at the time where it was like all right the season one was awesome let's you know i mean it wasn't great keep going uh but yeah but, season one oh I mean that that is quality television. Okay. All right. Bunch of, what's I yours? got here's one. If <laughs> I always like this one. If you could have any celebrity make you dinner tonight, who would it be and why? Oof, you know this is a good question. So you gotta think about this twofold, right? Who's gonna be a good cook and who's gonna be an entertaining guest that you wanna spend some time with? Yep. So, you know, I was having this discussion the other day and this is kind of probably gonna seem like a waste of uh, of an answer but man if i could have dinner with anybody right now one of those one of the five people i like no questions asked dave Chappelle. i grew up oh, on the yeah. guy and i just i don't think anyone's funnier than him um not recently, a waste answer that'd be great but i don't oh, know if man, dave Chappelle is cooking you dinner <laughs> yeah i know he's he's married to a filipino woman who's an excellent cook maybe he could bring her that would All be right. great <laughs> Um, these Chappelles. <laughs> I mean, dude, he just cracks me up so much. It's, it just feels like a ingrained piece of my childhood. I actually saw him at a Warriors game once. <gasps> he was a few rows ahead wow. of me, and it was like the only time I've really been starstruck. Don't really care about like you know Hollywood and, and and actors and actresses and music stars, but man, that was like I wanted to say hi to him and thank him. Um, but any case, that that that's one. I wanted Buncher to go into a Dave Chappelle impression so bad just now. Uh, uh, I, I, I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could do hey, one uh, justice. I, I probably could. I'll, I'll get back to you on that one. 
Bunchu uh, will Bunchu will sometimes kick out a great impression unknowingly. Um, I mean that. So that I, skit series was so good. I mean, I was like, I, my friends and I still quote that stuff to this day. But. My oh yeah, my every, favorite every one. Day. If you haven't seen it yet, uh, he hosted Saturday Night Live. I want to say maybe two years ago. And one of the like one of the film sketches, you know how like half of Saturday Night Live now is basically just yeah, film stuff. Yeah. They did a fantastic one where they spoof the um, the Negan scene from The Walking Dead, and it was it was a bunch of Dave Chappelle characters that he was killing off from the show. <laughs> if you have not seen it yet, no, after I need done to this, see that. Go on YouTube, just Google, uh, just Google Dave Chappelle SNL. It's about a seven eight minute clip. It, you'll die. You're, it's it's some of the funniest stuff, especially if you love the Chappelle Show stuff. It is phenomenal. Um, so yeah, highly recommend. Awesome. I will 100% check it out. And just a quick shout out, Ricky Gervais has really flown up my list recently, man. That that whole Hollywood uh, speech he gave at the Academy oh, yeah. Awards, was man, I was dying. I was like, this is so good. This makes me so happy. Um, but anyways, uh, we'll, my we'll uh, <laughs> my wife, one of her celebrity crushes is Ricky Gervais. Really? So, yeah. Uh, from I'm a looks sure. perspective, that's tough to wrap your head around. Well, that's what I, I, I always say. I'm like, I'm not really sure what that says about me. <laughs> <laughs> You're definitely more I mean, handsome, I would say. I like to think I'm very funny. So, you know, I think that maybe that's what I got going out of it. But I don't know. <laughs> Actually, uh, Ricky Gervais uh, is what got me into listening to podcasts. He had like one of the first podcasts, like seven or eight years ago it was fantastic i think hbo uh um made cartoons out of the podcast if you ever go back and watch the old hbo shows but yeah he's uh, the i've been watching uh i've been wa- i've been watching their stuff for for a long time there he's uh yeah, he's, it seems to be well-rounded too. You I know, mean, I don't know if he's Dave Chappelle level yet, but uh, I, I, nobody's that level oof. for me, man. That's like it's going to be impossible. It's just too ingrained in my in my upbringing. Yeah, but, nothing uh, wrong. There's nothing wrong with that statement. Yeah. Okay. I, right, Chamber, I got another question. question here for you. Uh, this is one of my favorite ones. Uh, what is uh, what is your favorite uh, conspiracy theory? Uh, and we'll I will include like uh, you know paranormal stuff in there too. If there's anything that tickles your fancy. My friends listening to this are gonna die, man. I get so much, so much heat for my belief that uh, we actually have had UFOs land here, and that we do at some at some place somewhere in New Mexico, wherever it may be, we have some artifacts and or full fledged equipment. That, it's, uh, there's nothing wrong with that statement. Just you know, just I, the- I don't even care if it's wrong. It, it just keeps me happy. I mean, it, to me, there's no question. There's there's got to be intelligent life. It's just statistically, it is ridiculous to think there isn't. Um, why they come visit us, who knows, but you know, I like that one. I think from a comical perspective, um, you know, I think, I mean, I won't go down the anti-vaxxer thing cause we'll have a whole <laughs> comment thread there. That's pretty funny to me, but, uh, the chemtrails thing that just kind of like took over the internet for a bit. I, I die. That, that one kills me. That I, is I, a weird one. That is a weird one. I'm I just don't you. get it at all. No. I, 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 it makes me laugh. I love reading people's like, you know, defense of it. So anyways, that's funny. Uh, the all right so let's go with another one here my favorite one to ask uh what is your or would be your go-to karaoke song oh wow god that is a good question you gotta get up and do karaoke we got one song to do it what is it god i'm so like you know i'd have to think about this for a second i mean it was like everyone's got to hear it or what just comes to mind immediately here. You know, I could do the regular like white guy thing, like living on a prayer or uh, you know, sweet Caroline or something. Uh, but I, I don't know, man. I, I like to think of myself as more of an R and B singer. So it's probably had to be something in that, in that direction. Um, a little bump and grind, yeah, a little uh, pony by genuine. Uh, we, we could do we, we could, either one of those are in the wheelhouse guys. Yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's funny. You want to uh, you want to get into the last little bit here, uh, so we can uh, get Evan off in a timely fashion. All right, let's do. We're gonna do three here. So we're gonna do three. So what we're gonna do here? Uh, everybody who listens to this show knows that we like to draft uh, obscure things and put them out on polls for people to vote on. Uh, last time, Evan, we saved you from. You missed one one away. We drafted the months of the year last episode. <laughs> oh um, man, yeah, that went really well. It went uh, I think I kicked your ass. You did by kick the way. my ass, and it went surprisingly it. well. Yeah. Uh, so. Right. 
the, this time we're going to in the in the vein of the episode talking about collectibles and sports cards and cards in general we're going to draft uh the our the best sports rookie cards so any rookie cards from any sport that you would want to hold on to either from a collection standpoint or a monetary standpoint um you can use any sport we'll do three each. so so i'm gonna put a little caveat in here okay okay all right so the caveat is if we're gonna do three you need to pick one baseball one basketball one football Oh, okay. Okay. So you, like your that. team can be uh, any combination. That makes of the-, the strategy of uh, when to draft what and very difficult. Is this across all history or is this rookies now? Uh, across no, all, all history. history of yeah. rookies. Yeah. Oof. So you could have you could have anything you want anytime. Yeah. Um, so if you like, if it just magically appeared for you tomorrow, what would you what would you pick? Uh, so we'll go Evan first, Chamber second. I'll go last. All right. So, which what do you guys want to start with? Want to do MLB first? No, you can, you can you pick can them in any, any order, order, but your team has to have one of the one of each. Okay, so I got to have one baseball, one basketball, one football. Yeah. Okay, so for baseball, just from doing research uh, in the space, from a monetary standpoint, I'm greedy. I'd want to get the most money out of the baseball one because I don't have much nostalgia to baseball. I didn't play, don't care about it. But I go Ty Cobb. I know that that rookie card um, was massively valuable, a couple million bucks, if I remember correctly. Really. Yeah, so uh oh, yeah. you know, that's that. Um, <laughs> that that's I, that. I'm not a huge baseball guy, you know, like I, I'm sure Willie Mays, some some other people would have been really valuable. I know that one's valuable. Um and I'm pretty sure the dude like stabbed people with his cleats on second base. He so definitely did. Interesting. <laughs> uh so that's baseball. I don't know if you guys want to go through on your baseball ones and we'll hit basketball or, or Yeah, we we, we go snake draft yeah. style. So Chambers up here. What do you so, got, Chamber? You can go any order you want. I'm gonna go. You know where I'm going. I don't I don't wanna leave this to chance. I'm going with probably a, a more valuable card than it was in twenty nineteen. Uh I'm gonna go with the Kobe Bryant rookie card. Oh, good I, man. I knew you were gonna go there. Yep. I can't leave Kobe okay. on the table like that. Yeah, I mean that's your it's my that's guy. your uh so that's your uh, go-to guy. So I, I knew that was coming. Um, I'm going to go with, let's see. So I'm going to take, I think, you know, he, Evan probably took the biggest, most valuable baseball card. There's probably, you know, one other one that I could come back to later. I'm not sure if I'll get it. But I'm going to go with the top of the line football prospect or rookie card that I could think of. That would be a tom brady rookie card one one of them uh one tom brady rookie card the a psa 10 graded rookie or bgs 9.5 or whatever i forget it was went for four hundred thousand at an auction holy recently. smokes yeah wow. so i'm going with a tom brady rookie card now you get another pick. With then, tom brady now you get another now pick. i go again right because yeah. it's snake yeah. all right so now i'll go back and take my I'll take my baseball. I'll go with the the Honus Wagner. Uh, oh, that is the card. other one. Good for you. Yeah, you. the Honus Wagner. That's the other really, really crazy valuable one. For I don't me. even know how to spell that. How do you spell that? Honus? H-O-N-I-C-E? No. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this person? I think it's H-O-N-U-S. N-U-S? Honus? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think wow. I'm not sure, but it's not it's not what you no, said. No, it's not. Honus <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wagner is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hone Wag. All right. Yes. Good old Hone. <laughs> okay, my turn now. Okay. Yes. I'm gonna go. Uh, I guess I'll do a baseball one first. I'm gonna go with. Um, I think it's a val- it might not be a valuable one. I think he's a good baseball player. I might be wrong. Uh, I'm gonna go with um, Nolan Ryan. All right. No, I don't know. It seems like a good rookie card. I like hey, the, it's not just the, the worst the question mark. <laughs> Nolan Ryan so question mark. Your the problem with your Nolan Ryan's are like I said before, they're going to be, there's a ton of them. Okay. So like, you're not going to get the crazy, crazy scarcity of them. You know what I mean? I don't know who Honus Wagner is or an equivalent. Actually. Okay. Scratch that. You should should look him up also. It's funny, man. It's just like, it's just such a different era. Could I, Uh, can I redraft? Can I redraft? 
I think that's a good yeah. pick for money wise, by the way. Oh, is it? Mm. Okay, I'll stick. I'm oh, wait, wait. The, 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 not the Nolan Ryan one, but the Honus, Honus Wagner. The Honus Wagner yeah, baseball yeah, yeah. cards uh, from 2013. T206 Honus Wagner baseball card sets $2.1 million auction mark. Okay. Wow. Can I switch mine? I didn't uh, I didn't realize yeah. the yeah, market was flooded. Yours. Can I go with like a Montreal Jackie Robinson? Didn't he, didn't he play for Montreal back Ooh, in the day? Ooh, oh, I like that. Nice. Oh, I, like I feel that. like that's got to be more expensive, right? I, I, don't I don't know, know. Uh, but we'll go with that. It's more. It will be more expensive than Nolan Ryan. All right, is. cool. I feel good about that one. <laughs> All right, so you got your baseball and your basketball out of the yeah. way. I have my football and baseball out of the way, and now uh, Evan, you get you two get two picks, picks here yeah. to close yourself out. Two picks. All right, so football, I got to stick with the the hometown team. Go with the 49ers, a Joe Montana. Although Ronnie Lotta, they had some sort of like you know finger chopped off Super Bowl game collectible around that. That'd be pretty. That'd be pretty sick. Um, <laughs> but I'm gonna go with the more standard pick here and go Joe Montana. Um, basketball, man, you took Kobe. That was that was good. That was a good call. Um, for multiple reasons outside of like <laughs> lots of reasons. Um, <laughs> But uh, gosh, basketball, man! Part of me wants to draft Zion as like the outside pick because I just love the dude and I just I want to see him thrive. Um, but you know what? I am gonna go back a little bit here, and I'm gonna go with a Pistol Pete rookie card. I don't know wow. why. I Ooh. think that's gotta be. Was he like? Is that a New Orleans? Is that a New Orleans Jazz? Yeah, New yeah. Orleans Jazz. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's nice. It seems like it would have some 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 value to somebody there especially with yeah because the utah jazz what a ridiculous name for right that's the jazz is the least utah is the yeah. least jazziest state in the in the whole continuous <laughs> yeah that always cracks me the up new orleans always. mormons yeah, that's right <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> all right so pete maravich okay so so evan closes out his team with ty cobb joe montana and pete maravich um i'm gonna close my team out so i have kobe bryant jackie robinson I'm going, uh, call me dark, but I like OJ Simpson rookie card uh, for my football. God, that is a good call. I like an OJ Simpson rookie card. I don't know who you're selling that to. I like it. OJ's mom. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, hey. OJ really has got a sweet spot, apparently. I'm sure it does. I really bet it does. All right, my last pick for basketball. I was going to pick Zion because I was sure that one of you guys would take either Jordan or LeBron. Um, I feel like now that Jordan's there, I have to go with Jordan. So I'll take the Michael Jordan rookie cards. Uh, the other, you know, the the appeal of Zion is like this new modern day boom. And if he's like the next big thing, then who knows what his prices would do. Yeah, but, but he's Jordan, got a lot of time, man, to, to yeah. print cards and sign autographs. Mm-hmm. You know, he might, he, he seems pretty nice too. You kind of want to go back to somebody who may, may not be alive and, or, you know, cars weren't as, I mean, Jordan's notoriously an period. asshole, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Jordan's yeah. cards are valuable. And like Jordan is, so like the thing with, when you're taking these guys that have already played their career is their cards most likely won't go down, right? Like something would have right. to happen where he, like Kobe, he passed away. His cards went way up. You know what I mean? So like Co- Jordan's the safe investment there. You know, yeah, that's I mean? your uh, that's your tether. <laughs> yeah, that, it's exactly right. <laughs> so, uh, all right, we got Evan with Ty Cobb, Joe Montana, Pistol Pete, Chamber with Kobe. Jackie Robinson and OJ. OJ, the juice is loose. <laughs> and juice I got is Tom loose. Brady, Honus Wagner, and Michael Jordan. Man, uh, you got some safe, good picks there. Yeah, I, I'm rich. I love living <laughs> in a world where Michael Jordan was the last pick in a rookie card draft. It's yeah, I know. Feel, I can't believe that I feel happened. Good about so, that. Jo- Kobe went in the Kobe went second, and Jordan went last. I, I bet that it will. Like, if we didn't put the stipulation that you needed one from each sport, you guys probably would have scooped up all the basketball guys, and I would have not been left with one. But um, anyway, that is going to do it for us. Thank you so much for your time. That was a a really fun conversation. Before we let you go, um, if you just want to tell people where they can find you, where they can find Wax, where they can find this cool uh, blockchain card project, floor is yours. Yeah, I'll start with the uh, the most relevant stuff. So, uh, tops.wax.io. 
Um, you can go on there. You can actually put in your email address and sign up to win one of the inaugural packs. So, you know, in the spirit of collecting rare collectible cards, there will be finite rarity with these, provable finite rarity. Um, not making very many of this first series too, so I think it's actually kind of cool. Um, you know, you can always go to wax.io, and then for Twitter, it's probably the easiest way to follow me is uh, at Evan Vandenberg. So at Evan underscore Vandenberg. Sorry. Awesome. Well, you know, you're you are known for your tweet storms. Yes. Yeah. Your yeah, hot, your hot take media. tweets. <laughs> I get uh, yeah, I get a lot of criticism for how much I post. <laughs> uh, I don't think we said this on air. We were trying to play defend that tweet, but uh, he doesn't tweet enough. So, uh, oh, actually, we, last night I did make uh, made one about the politics stuff, but that's all right. We don't have to go into that. Yeah, but just one that doesn't help us for a, a whole segment. Man. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was anti socialism, which to be honest isn't like a super controversial statement anyways especially not in crypto no definitely (laughs) not (laughs) yeah no but so uh but next time we have you on maybe you'll make uh one or two more tweets before before that yeah i'll I'll be sure to make some controversial tweets guys absolutely and even even if you don't in the meantime the night before the show just fire off a bunch of really shitty things and (laughs) that 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 i can do for you guys all right right, man thank you so much and that's going to do it for us check us out on coinhq.tv at coinhq underscore on twitter and all of our normal wrecked podcast uh platforms until next time don't get wrecked and that is financial advice hey everybody thanks for listening you can help support us by giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and become a wrecked patron by signing up for a monthly tier on Patreon.com. That's Patreon.com forward slash wrecked podcast. Don't get wrecked.